back again. I can't wait. Fresh off his victory lap. Let's go. Let's victory go. lap, victory lap, victory <laughs> lap. Then, uh, Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jason. Boy, a lot's changed since we last um, did a podcast. Mm. An interesting time. Interesting time. I remember sitting over there doing a um, – what was that? What did we do? We did Sports a, Extra. Yeah, it was Sports Extra for, what, nine minutes? Mm-hmm. That was a nine-minute conversation. And, I, and if I remember correctly, you said that there would be serious penalties coming down on the Astros. Check. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before that, you said that the system was empty, and that's – That's a discount a- double check is what that is. All right. You've been traveling around. New Balance Future Star Series, Program 15. You've been traveling around scouting guys. Yeah. What's the scouting community and the baseball community saying right now about the response the Astros are getting for their apology slash kind of apology slash everything else that's been going on? Well, you know, I, I got to – before we do that, I got to say something. You know, it's been um, – been brought to my attention that some people think that I'm happy that the Astros are going through what they're going through. Um, That's not the case. I'm not happy that anybody and that this game of baseball in the city of Houston has to deal with this. That's not the case. I am, however, happy that the world has to finally see what I've been saying for three years, which is this is a systemic problem with culture that these guys didn't do the job everybody thinks they were doing, and they're just not very good. They're not very good at the aspects of the game they present themselves to be good at. Now, sign stealing. Let's let before I, I'm, I promise I'm going through this. Sign stealing has been going on since the inception of the game. Pitchers used to be pitchers and scouts would sit back and, and still now, and they would try to pick the other signs. They try to get them figured out and. And you'd get them in the game, and if you wanted them as a hitter, you got them, and if you didn't, you didn't, and, but that you had them. And it's part of baseball. It's part of finding an edge. And what happens then, what used to happen, is that the game would police itself. You'd have some discipline, street justice, if you will, ha- happen on the field. You have to worry about any of this other stuff happening from the commissioner's office. Um, nobody, and I, and I say this with love, mm-hmm. nobody likes Jeff Luno. We say that again. Nobody likes Jeff Luno. There's a lot of people that liked A.J. Hinch. Until this came out, I was singing his praises weekly with how he was doing, how well he was doing, handling his personalities, and, and the way he, was, he had evolved as a manager from his time in Arizona and what a, what a career had he turned into and how good a job he was doing at the right guy at the right time. And I still stand by that for a lot of reasons. But A.J. let down was he did it's his clubhouse, it's his team, and he didn't put a stop to cheating. His dugout. His dugout. He put a stop to cheating. So the focus here isn't even for me on the players. The focus for me is on Jeff Luno and the culture that he had and the reasons why he did it. So am I happy that the guy's been banished? Absolutely I'm happy he's been banished. Okay, I'm not happy that the city of Houston has to feel like they're defending themselves because the fans didn't deserve any of this. The fans just showed up to the ballpark every day, waited for a winner for, what, 50, 60 years, and applauded a very, very good team that, in all honesty, didn't need to cheat. They need to cheat. So the reaction in the baseball community as a whole, and I, I'm not speaking for anybody in particular, I have to say that, is that the Astros got off light. They got off light. They got off light. You've got 
what, two picks in the next two years? Well, the system was empty anyway. Okay? If they had kept going, the drafting wasn't going to miraculously get better by this regime. It wasn't going to happen. So forget it. That's, that's gone. The $5 million fine basically offsets what you have to pay people in the next two years. That's also the maximum allowed under MLB's rules. Sure, but if you lose four draft picks, what's the value of that in the top of the draft? You, have, you don't have the money to pay now. It's gone. It's taken from you. So financially, it's kind of a wash, right? It's kind of a wash. Player-wise, not so much, but it's kind of a wash. But no, no discipline when it comes to international signings and the Astros – They've been connected to a Cuban outfielder, $4 million signing bonus. The Astros go heavy on the Cuban players. It's pretty clear that they do that. It doesn't surprise me. Um, but the suspensions of A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno were light. So we talk about this thing being player-driven. It was player-executed. It was designed by somebody who's still working in this front office right now. It was, that's, that's who did it. That's who brought it up. Jeff Luno, I didn't know it was a lower level. Stop. You knew. I don't care if it came out that he didn't know or he did know or if we had a neon sign saying maybe, okay? You know what I know is that Jeff Luno is such a micromanager. He knew what was going on in every aspect of that organization. The guy was listening to radio shows to find out what people were saying about him. He was reading the press. He had people. It's, that's his personality. It's just what it is. And... I, hate, I don't want to say the word karma because I think that's too mystic. What I'm going to say is that when, you, when those are the oats you sow, at some point you're going to reap the backlash. And I said it was coming. I didn't say how. I didn't, know, didn't say how it was coming. But I said at some point, if you get too arrogant to fool yourself, they're going to come back at you. That's what happened. For accuracy's sake, Jeff Luno was not banished. He's been suspended for one year. Okay. That's correct. It's also very interesting that you mention culture because – Tony Clark used that same word, the head of the Players Association, when he visited West Palm Beach, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches and the Astros. Tony Clark said, the truth is that technology discussion goes way beyond what is coming out of a replay room. There are things that have happened in our game over the last five to seven years particularly what's being created by club culture of pushing the envelope on efficiency and quantifiable metrics that are positioning clubs to make certain decisions. This culture that exists against the backdrop of technology is manifesting itself in a way that we need to have a conversation about what our game is and what our game looks like. It's manifesting itself in how player service time is being manipulated. It's manifesting itself in a way that we're seeing abuses of the injured list. It's manifesting itself in ways that are directly affecting the type of game that's being played on the field. That is Tony Clark, as quoted in The Athletic. I see you smiling, and I would imagine that you feel you are in agreement of what Tony Clark has said because you have said much of the same thing over the past two and a half years that we've been doing this podcast. Well said. Well said by Tony Clark. Well said by Jason Bristol. I got nothing to add to it except for this. At some point, the game course corrects. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what time, what year it is. doesn't matter where we're going. It's going to course correct. And now it's going to course correct people. 
You know, a lot of people tend, tend, that, tend to think that means analytics. So say it for the millionth time on whether it's Sports Extra or, or, or the podcast or walking down the street or post-game in the World Series. It doesn't mean analytics are stats, people. They're stats. That's all it means. It's a different way of looking at player value, of finding individual um, effect on a ball club. It's what, it, it's what it does. And analytics aren't going anywhere, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't go anywhere. Progress is progress. But the people executing it right now have a little bit to be desired. I'm not even sure half of them like baseball. I think what they like is being in control. I think they like I mean, look, I can say it. I can say it. It's what we're here for. They like power. They like proving their point. There's something that I read the other day, and I don't remember exactly where, but it stuck with me. It was about valuing money over people. And, and I don't value money over people. You can't be give your life to a game like the players do, like the scouts do, like broadcasters and, and analysts do. There's a lot of people that, while this, in this glamorous baseball grind, are gone from their families 200 days a year. And people, that's, that's time you don't get back. Like, you don't get it back. It's gone. It's over. It's done. If you're on the road when we were in D.C. having a blast with the World Series, guess what? That was a time I couldn't be home. You don't get it back. And, and it's not one sacrifice isn't greater than the next. What I will tell you is you can't do that for money. You got to want to do it. You got to want to be next to the person that's competing with you, whether it's winning a World Series championship in the Major League Clubhouse or on the bus leagues in Pulaski, West Virginia. It doesn't matter. Virginia. Virginia. Sure, it's not West Virginia. No, it's, it's Virginia. Virginia. Okay, I trust. You. I used to live in West Virginia. Did you? Yeah. I used to scout West Virginia. Yeah, but Pulaski, Virginia. Okay, Pulaski, Virginia. That's my point. Of the Braves, I think they had the Mariners too at they, one point. They, they might you know still what? Have I should know that. They <laughs> yeah, had. They, they had, had the Mariners. My fault. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> Anyways. My, you have to love this. You have to love the people you're around. You know, logos change. It's not a, logos change, and the game doesn't really need anybody. And we make a lot of mistakes sometimes thinking that baseball needs people. It doesn't. The game was around before any of us were here. It'll be around long after we're gone. It doesn't need one person in the game, not one person playing, scouting, coaching, or even leading as the commissioner. It doesn't need you. So, when people make, fall on their faces, when they make the mistake of thinking they're better than the game and better than the people in it, and that's what happened here. So I'm going to give the players a reprieve. And this is how I'm going to do it. It's not all the way. It's not all the way. Okay? I'm willing to go ahead and buy into what the man- management should have told them. I'll give you that. They should have told them. And management came up with it. Absolutely. 100%. But at some point, you know what you're doing is wrong. And so now you got to take your medicine, whatever that may be. And, and calling out... And I use this word on Twitter, and I, I like it, so I'm going to say it again. Calling out for police protection from the commissioner's office because you don't want to get drilled in the ribs? Man up. Wear it. You knew what you were doing. And there isn't a pitcher out there, a team out there, that's going to hit you in a spot where it's going to hurt their ball club. There's plenty of games and plenty of situations where somebody can throw a fastball at your ankle. No one's going to throw it at your head. Stop it. It's not going to happen. But if you think you're going to be able to go ahead and, and win a World Series – while cheating during that World Series, and someone's not going to be mad at you, how many careers are affected? How many contract extensions came from that? How many guys grew up in the big leagues learning how to hit? I know. Let's look at Alex Bregman in 2017, just him, and when he started to really swing the bat well in the big leagues. Not taking anything away from the guy's ability. 
There's something about that confidence level. If somebody tells you what's coming constantly and you're able to figure that out in your rookie year in the big leagues, what kind of confidence, what kind of vision does that give you on pitches later on down the line? And how much money did Alex Bregman get? I'm not saying he's not worth the contract. I'm talking to you about process and how that develops. So do I think a lawsuit against the Astros is a little bit much? Yeah, I do. I think it's a little bit much. Do I think that we're going overboard with some of the overkill? Yeah. But do I think they deserve it? Yeah, I do. They deserve every ounce of it. Now, again, the fans don't deserve that. So the baseball community, time back to Jeff Luno, time back to Tony Clark says, it's time for a reckoning. I believe that's from Tombstone. <laughs> it's time for a reckoning. It's time to course correct. So it's going to happen now, and, and I'm glad that what happened in Houston happened for that reason and that reason alone. It's time to take the game back a little bit. It's very interesting when you look at Bregman's splits. Bregman, in the months of April and March of 2017, he batted 250 with an OPS of uh, 650. But if you look, he had 18 strikeouts and nine walks. Month of May, five walks, 21 strikeouts, and an OPS of 838. Hit a little bit better, 276. The month of June, he hit 215, but his walks automatically. His walks all of a sudden jumped from 14 walks and 11 strikeouts in the month of June. And then the month of July, 11 walks, 12 strikeouts, and hits 329 with an OPS of over 1,000. September and October, or August, nine walks, 15 strikeouts, and OPS of 979. So it is quite interesting when you look at his splits. Right around June is when the plate discipline, or maybe the, maybe not swinging at a lot of bad pitches, mm. maybe that starts to take a turn. Hmm. And when did the science stealing? I'm sorry. When did Code Breaker? Let's call it what it is. When did Code Breaker enter the fray? I don't. I don't know off the top of my. Head. I, I want to say, and, and I, I'm going to look it up. From what I understand, it took a little while for them to figure out the best way to put this system to use in game situations. June. June. And again, no one's doubting Alex Bregman's ability. But if you don't think that changed his career and changed everybody else's career along with it that he ran across, guess again, he just did. He just did. I saw a stat, Clayton Kershaw in the World Series through, what was it, 51? Tom Verducci had that. 51 breaking balls in the World Series. No, zero swings and misses. Not one. Not one from a Cyan Award winner. How much beating did Clayton Kershaw take for how he cannot be able to perform in the postseason? Well, yeah, you know what's coming. It's live BP. So, look, Astros fans, the best thing that they can do right now is go ahead and support their team. you got to support your team. It's realize that you had nothing to do with it and that you guys are the ones that ultimately are defrauded of this thing. And that this isn't going to go away. It's not going to go away anytime soon. It's, it's not – gonna you know it's it's not gonna be something that people sweep under the rug it's not gonna be like okay yeah let's move on the Astros are the 2017 champions they're not and then you know since then the way they've handled this with their press conferences and their media approach and some of the comments whether it's a misspeak or not and I do believe Jim Crane misspoke mm -hmm. when he said we don't believe it impacted the game and then turned around and said that's not what I said I, I yeah. think I don't think I think it's he's not I was I don't think he meant that but he still said it You've got people who are going to come in here because of the pure arrogance. Maybe the most hated player in baseball is the same guy we just talked about, and that's Alex Bregman, 
who are going to come gunning for you and support your team. But let's not at pretend like what you what the team did is okay, and you know just deal with it and get on and keep your keep your heads up because it had nothing to do with you. It was interesting to hear Bregman in the clubhouse on the first day of the entire team being there, which was the 17th, and basically saying that he had thought a lot about basically his place in the game, how he grew up wanting to play Major League Baseball and how now he is determined to play hard, win for his teammates. And he also dropped this little line, play the game the right way. Interesting. So we're not going to stare in the camera anymore when we hit a home run? So we're not going to carry the bat around first base? We're not going to sit on a podium after hitting home run when they say, hey, what pitch are you looking for? I don't know. Maybe that pitch right there. We're not going to do that? Oh, so somebody's been served a humble, humble pie. I think I've said this some other times on this show. I said, game it will either be humbled or you're about to be. Either been humbled or you're about to be, right? Guess what? Happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, Doesn't um, matter any walk of life, any, posi- any job, any, any position you hold in any type of industry. If you think you got baseball figured out, step right up. <laughs> it is difficult. It is hard to do. I had a scouting director say to me one year, he said, you know, you haven't been humbled yet. He was right. He was right. You have to go through the process of success and failure and process those failures, accept them, and learn from them. And if all this team knows is success because they're cheating to get there, because they're cheating to get there, 17 and 18, 19, I got asked the question a couple days ago, do you think they were cheating in 19 or were they using buzzers? I gave my answer. I gave my answer. And, okay. it, and it was? Oh, my answer was no to the buzzers. Only because I've used Bluetooth technology. Yeah, I don't know how it, we've we've discussed that yeah. inside this building, and we don't know how it could be reliable enough because of what you were just talking about. The fact that a signal could get to something almost instantaneous, I, I just I don't see how it could it could happen. And the players have been adamant that that did not happen. Well, these guys are running around. They're sliding. They're diving. They're they're that sweating. Too. I mean, you know, that stuff breaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've used it with. With, uh, with Modus, I've used it before. You know, we're, we're testing different metrics and, and athletic movements, and you do something the wrong way, and the stuff breaks. Yeah. So I, I don't see that one happening. What I, what I do see happening, um, what I do see happening is the whistling. I see players taking control of things on the field, stuff like that. Um, and I see the arrogance in A.J. Hinch denying all of that, which is really that poster child for why people still think it's 2019. I can't tell you they did it in 2019 or not. I can tell you this. And I'll say this for the entire baseball world, world to hear, and I don't, won't get a disagreement anywhere. They didn't have to do it. They were a good enough team. They didn't have to do it. And that's what makes it so, so bad. Is that it wasn't like this is a, a fourth-place club who's overachieving. This is a team that's loaded with superstars. Loaded with superstars. They didn't have to do it. So um, it's not over. It's over from the standpoint of what Houston would like it to be. But it ain't over. It's gonna, gonna go. This is a. This is this story is gonna be told for the rest of the rest of baseball existence. It's not gonna go away. One more thing about micromanaging, and I don't know if it was a directive from Jeff Luno, but in the past few years, at least since I've been here, the media is not allowed to talk to Astros coaches because the reason I was given was certainly. Let me rephrase that. I think 
they wanted to make sure that the message was all one and the same. Mm-hmm. And where does that directive come from? I'm not saying it came from the man at the top, the GM, with the initials JL, but I got to believe that, that that person had a hand in crafting that. And I was told there was some pushback I, when we went to spring training this year. And um, I said, uh, oh, I got, you know, the assistant coaches now will be available for interviews. And I was told that um, they always have been. Just, you know, we just got to make sure we know what, you know, what the topics are or whatever and, or what you want to talk about. And, and I, I, that, I, I'm pretty sure that that was not the case. I'm almost like 99% sure that that was not the case in the past. You don't forget things, so I'm going to go with you yeah. on that. What I am going to say is, is that this guy didn't like a dissenting opinion anywhere. He just didn't. Didn't want anybody telling him that his hair was out of place. He didn't want somebody saying, he wanted corn for lunch, we're going to have beef. Nope, we're not doing it. It's corn, you're fired. That's what this guy did. And I'm not sorry that he's that he banished is too strong a word, so let me put it in different vernacular, okay? He's suspended until after the last out of the World Series in 2020, correct? Mm-hmm. He's banished in terms of baseball. For one year. Oh, he's you're not saying in terms of baseball. Again. Yes. That's it. It's yes. done. And the guys in Baltimore that came here, came from here, need to watch it. And I'm not saying that as a threat. I'm saying that I've seen a lot of comments come out about we did some good things and, you know, hate to put the, a, a negative light on some people. It's not lost. There was an exodus from Houston. There was. Ozzo Campo, mm-hmm. Eve Rosenbaum, Mike Elias took a job. Mike, he's, he took a job, okay? Uh, Sigma Dahl and Luno had a falling out. They did, and that's why he's gone. And they didn't say that publicly, but I said to you privately, they had a falling out and what it was over, and he left and went to Baltimore anyway. And if he didn't go to Baltimore, he was done here. He was it. Okay, uh, the guy that went to Atlanta, Mike, uh, analytics guy, Mike Falk, is that right? I think so. He went to Atlanta. Fast. Fast. Mike Fast went to Atlanta. There was an exodus away from here. People didn't want to work in this environment anymore. The people that stayed here are the ones who are the most dishonest. They're named in reports as coming up with code breaker. They're named as sending emails about stealing signs and dugouts. But you don't see Mike's name on it. You don't see Sig's name on it. Were they named in a major league report for berating a female reporter? Um, no, but that guy, well, yeah, but he's not here anymore. Okay, I understand. So, but, you know, as far as, like, the guys that left, that were still left behind, the people that were left behind, a lot of people got out of here as fast as they could. That's not lost in anybody. It's not. It's not. There's some good, some talented people that were here, and there's not taking away from that. But the culture was the culture, the the head of the snake, the Voldemort, if you will, is what it was, and, and, and he's gone. And I am not apologizing for that, and I'm not sorry about it. How's that? Well, I think that was pretty well said. <laughs> but again, I don't know if Jeff Luno how he was with his employees. We don't know, but certainly there is a. Um, a portrait that's been painted out there. Allow me to keep painting another time. All right, everybody. We're going to uh, wrap up this Extra Basis podcast with Bristol and Booth. And uh, until next time, which will be very soon, we'll talk to you here on Extra Basis.